Have you ever heard of the law of attraction? What is it? How does it work? What can it do for us? And how can we integrate it in our life? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend with whom we will answer this and many more questions. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy, but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did, which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi. My name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. In the early 2000s, a move first and a book later took the world by storm. The title of both was The Secret. It's based on the belief that the universe and everything and everyone in it, us included, obey to a number of universal laws. The main law of the universe that the secret focuses on is the law of attraction, which claims that thoughts can change a person's life, that if we can think of a different life, we can create it too. But is that all? Is it enough to think about it, to realize it in reality? So as we start a new year, with most of us trying to change their lives one new year resolution at a time, we want to understand more about the law of attraction. Is it real or not? Is it something that we can truly use to change our life or not? And if it is, what is it all about? Is there a catch that perhaps a superficial understanding might miss? And where do we start? How can we integrate it in our life? And we try and answer all these questions in a conversation with today's guest, Christina Fletcher. Christina is a spiritual awareness coach, energy worker, author, speaker, and a podcaster of Showing Up All. She specializes in practical spirituality and integrating inner work with outer living. Christina is passionate in a sense of sacred wholeness, helping her clients, viewers, and community find a sense of inner calm and connection so they can show up all in the world. Through mindset, spiritual connection, intuitive guidance, manifestation, and mindfulness, Christina helps her clients overcome overwhelm and shame to find a place of flow, ease, and deep heart-centered connection. Her core belief is that each person is a spark of life, a divine energetic being having a physical experience. Children and parents are all here to shine as their truest selves. Hi, Christina, welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. 
Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I heard your conversation, you know, your introduction about the secret and all of a sudden, I went, this is a conversation I want to listen to as well as be part of. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited well, to be here. You will definitely do that. But before we dive into the law of attraction, the secret and everything that entitles to, I would like to know a little bit more about you. And in particular, the journey that brought you to become a spiritual alignment coach. Okay, absolutely. That's a, how long do we have? <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a big question. Um, I think that the, the best place to start with that is the fact that I always felt called to the understanding that there was something more. I was raised in the church, and yet even within that, I always felt like I wanted this deep relationship with a spiritual source. And that kept kind of popping up throughout my childhood and into my teens. And I always felt this inner guidance to just follow my heart. And it just kind of started to build a momentum that the more I listened to those intuitive pulls, suddenly things would just unfold in magical and delightful ways. So spirit always just seemed to be there, kind of giving me little nudges. And of course, the more I put put my attention on it, the more it flowed. Uh, This did lead to me meeting my husband and we manifest, I manifested meeting him on rather a magical journey, which led me from Canada, middle of Canada and Winnipeg, all the way to over in the UK, kind of randomly listening to that inner guidance. And when we met, the world kind of kind of blew up, I suppose, <laughs> in the sense that we met, it was magic, it was love at first sight, we were engaged to be married within three weeks, and he moved to Canada within six weeks. And then we got pregnant soon after, and we had two children within 10 months of each other. And suddenly reality hit like like a thunderbolt. And we had to figure out what we were doing for money and where we were living and all those wonderful human things. So my journey in spiritual alignment and coaching people in spiritual alignment really comes from this this sense of two polar opposites, of, of understanding that spirit is guiding and pulling and leading you places and listening to that intuition is really going to lead you these magical things and magical experiences. And yet there's humanisms and there's conflicts and there's contrast and there is bumps in the road and you have to, you're here to be human. You are, you're a spiritual being having this physical human experience and human stuff can be kind of frustrating and it comes into a whole bunch of things. And so therefore within that, we had lots of adventures and I could fill an entire podcast episode telling you of homesteading adventures and world schooling adventures and unassisted birth adventures and all kinds of different things. But within all of that, what slowly evolved was this deep understanding of integrating the two. And so after having three kids, after doing a lot of adventures, I finally started writing books about the topic. And then I started coaching the topic. And here I am today. I started off actually as a spiritually aware parent coach. So I was helping mainly parents 
find their inner guidance as they worked with their children and how to pass on spirituality to your children. And then this last year, I actually transferred my, my business over to Spiritually Aware Living, where I work solely on spiritual alignment, which is really exciting. Yeah. So that was the story. There you go. Absolutely. And we are still very much within the podcast. Okay, good. Good. Uh, Glad to know. (laughs) So uh, we we have a little bit more time to discuss about this manifestation and the law of attraction. So did you already know about the law of attraction when you started manifesting it? like your husband and other things? I actually didn't. I didn't know the term. It was, it was pre-secret. I will, I will tell you, the secret did not necessarily reveal the secret. It's actually within you already. So uh, you could actually say that the manifestation process probably started when I was about five, <laughs> in the sense that I, I used to actually play with my dolls. And I used to actually just imagine that I was married and had this father figure for my, my, my doll family as a small child. And my sisters used to make so much fun of me because I used to imagine him lying next to me in my bed. I always would sleep on the side of the corner of my bed, little five-year-old girl being like, no, I have my, you know, I'm with someone. But that was forgotten as I got older. I just didn't know that it was still brewing in there. And when I hit to being a teenager and all of a sudden everyone around me was dating and getting into relationships, I would never feel like I could. I would feel like I was bumping into a glass wall. I would go to flirt with someone and I would go to make a connection with someone. And it was literally like, you know, in a comic strip when you would just kind of bump in and like my face would get smushed up against the glass pane. It just wouldn't click. I would even be on a date kind of, and I would be like, oh, this is it. He's going to kiss me goodnight. And it would just be like, he'd walk off. And I'd be like, what's going on? This is so not working. And I wanted that in my life. I wanted a relationship. And I always knew that that was something that I wanted. And then after a few attempting to smash down that wall and a few attempts at making it work and pushing, pushing, pushing through, suddenly it dawned on me that I was already actually in a relationship, that I was connected to someone, that I had a soulmate out there, that there was someone that I was linked to. And so as soon as I made that decision to realize and trust my heart, and as soon as I went, I'm just going to imagine and know that I'm in a relationship. That was probably late, late teens. I guess I was probably 19, probably. Um, And I just decided I'm in a relationship. That's it. And some people would attempt to, you know, ask me out. They actually, guys started to be a little bit more interested in me the minute I decided that I was actually in a relationship. (laughs) And I would actually be like, no, I'm sorry. You're, you're not him. You're just not, you're not him. I know I'll know him when I see him. I will, I will be connected with him. So I started imagining what it was like to hold his hand, what it was like that he would, how he would hold me when I was lying in bed. I would start to um, write him letters, uh, knowing he was out there somewhere. And we started build, I just started building this bond, sending my love out to him and knowing that he was there. I I hope I haven't freaked everyone out yet. Don't turn off. Don't turn off. It gets good. Okay. So, so. It, it, as I built this connection and I was connecting to my spiritual source and, you know, I was connecting to my guides, 
all of a sudden I would start to receive little indications as well that there was a reciprocation. So it was around the April of 20, no, yeah, 2001. And I was working on this relationship of just connecting with him and loving him. And I would start to get actual indications of, you know, one day I woke up and I just felt like he was really upset about something. And I would just like send him love, send him love. And I would write him letters. And then that lasted over the summer. And then in late August, I was meeting with a group of friends and all of a sudden out of my mouth popped the words, oh yeah, actually I'm flying to England a couple of weeks. And I went, that's weird. I didn't know I was doing that. I don't think I have the money for that. And I was walking home and my sister came and said, hey, actually we just, our our project we're working on just got accepted. We just made this much money and it was the perfect amount of money for the flight and for me to be over there. And as it unfolded, I ended up on this plane. I kind of arrived in London kind of being like, what do I do now? (laughs) Where do I go? And I just kept listening to this inner guidance of trust and nudges. And I was just enjoying myself and following through with it. Kind of thinking I'm actually over here to meet this person that I've been wanting to meet that I'm connected to. It was like being pulled by a string, basically. I I decided to randomly go down to Cornwall. And when I was down in Penzance in Cornwall, suddenly I was like, okay, this doesn't feel right. And I did have a dark night of the soul where I kind of basically told the universe, you've led me astray. I'm going back to Canada. I'm going to rent an apartment and I'm going to be single my entire life (laughs) and basically (laughs) deal with it. (laughs) And then I got a nudge of basically this, this resounding feeling of Christina, get on the morning bus to Glastonbury. So I did. I jumped on a bus, 7 a.m. And as I'm on the bus, I think I just left my passport in the YMCA's safe and I forgot to pick it up on the way back. So that's a problem. And again, that resounding voice echoed in my heart and said, don't worry, he'll drive you. You'll get it. Okay. So, okay. Have I scared everyone yet? It's all good. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I arrive in Glastonbury. And I set myself up at the backpackers there because I'm a 23-year-old and that's what you do on a Canadian budget. And um, I settle myself in. I love Glastonbury. They've been there before. I start getting out the different events. Anyone who hasn't been to Glastonbury, um, you know, it is this, it's what's known as the heart chakra of the world. It is actually on these ley lines and it is this magical place. So there's history of Jesus being there. It's known as Avalon. It's where King Arthur is supposedly buried. It is full of myth and lore around magic and spirituality. It is a powerful, powerful place. It's my heart's home. So I arrived there. I'm like, hey, you know what? No matter what, I'm still in Glastonbury. So this is all good. So I'm enjoying myself. And then the next day is September 11th, 2001. And I walk into the tourist office and they look at me and they tell me about what's happened on 9-11 and the world crashes. And I go back to the hostel and everybody is there in turmoil, of course, surrounded by world, you know, people from all over the world and everything just feels like it just fallen apart. My mother's saying, get on a plane. I'm really like, can I not? That doesn't sound like such a great idea at this moment in time. And I decide I'm just going to listen to the inner voice and follow my next day's plan, which is a series of classes. So while everybody is still watching the news, 
I decide to go and take a few classes at Glastonbury. I walk into this one room, which is actually teaching, there's a class on from what's known as Michael Teachings, which I thought was Archangel Michael Teachings. And Archangel Michael had been one of the guiding, my spirit guides that have helped me on this journey. So I thought, Michael, it's Michael. So I sit down, I sit a few chairs in, two minutes later, someone walks in, sits down beside me. And when I ask a question, he goes to answer it. And when I lock eyes with him, the world literally did stop. And that was my husband. The world literally did freeze in time. And I was rushing off to another class. And again, that heart voice did say, if he asks you out on a drink, say yes. And even if I did tell that voice, I don't really drink. It said, just say yes. So two minutes later, two minutes before I thought I had to rush off for my next class, the class randomly ends. And this man turns to me and says, would you like a drink? And I say yes. And that is the end of the story because literally it turned out actually neither of us really drink. So we went to a pub for a bottle of water and then later another pub for a bottle, a cup of tea. And the next day we went on our first date and I think he told me that he had fallen in love with me that night. So wow, there you go. That that is something. Uh, it's it's an amazing amazing story. Thank you. And th there is so much in, into that. I mean, uh, manifestation uh, obviously, but it starts with trust, with intuition of, of that uh, uh, idea uh, that you had. There is that nurturing of, of the idea of meeting someone. So. Let's introduce a, a, a little this uh, law of attraction and uh, mm -hmm. let's understand exactly what it is, because I think there is uh, uh, a lot of confusion and sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I think, you know, if I just say it will happen. Uh, yeah, there is. And I think, I think it's important to point out, like you said in your introduction, that The Secret came out 20 years ago. And over that time, it, it's kind of like a pebble dropping into water. And I'm actually going to say that even in The Secret, she'll have pointed out, like, people have talked about manifestation and thoughts become things for, you know, since since the 1800s. I mean, As a Man Thinketh is a profound book by James Allen, which actually relays a lot of the same principles, that your mind is a garden and what you plant there will grow. And so it's important to remember that these this philosophy does go back a long period of time, but it's not just about your thoughts. It's really a question of, of it, and it's amazing how as we've evolved, and that's where I wanted to take this, is that it's an evolution of understanding. We are developing a deeper understanding of what this works. So when you actually understand, you know, if you look at things like heart math, which is the science of, it's science study of the heart, and that 90% of the information that's transferred between your heart and your head 90% of the information that's linking your emotional center to your logical head center, 90% of that is actually from your heart to your head rather than the other way around. So if we work head first, thoughts first, you're actually working on 10% of what's actually going on in your whole subconscious energetic space. So that's why in a lot of ways with a secret where it introduced the concept of, of your thoughts and what you think about becomes things, it's actually more about 
allowing those thoughts to be formed from that inner guidance of that deeper understanding of yourself. The more that happens, the more your whole energetic structure transforms to that focus. So there is a deeper science to the law of attraction. It's understanding that your focus transforms your frequency, your energetic field, and therefore then that flows out. But to go back to real simplicity about law of attraction and what law of attraction is, I have my favorite way of describing law of attraction, because again, I used to work with parents who needed to teach this to their children, is to imagine it like everything you feel, everything you're focused on is a really big sign that you're holding up to the universe. And the universe will always respond and give you what you're asking for. So that sign is always holding up a sign that says, more of this, please. So if you're super, super stressed, and if you're super, super chaotic, and all you tell the story of is that chaos, then you're holding up that sign, a really, really big sign that says, more of this, please. And the universe has to be like, okay, that's fine. Here's more things that give you chaos. I don't know why you're asking this, but that's fine. (laughs) You do you. So, but if you start looking at other ways of feeling and using the power of your thought to transform how you're feeling within your own self, then you're changing that sign. It usually starts off with a tiny little sign because it needs momentum. So the sign grows bigger, the more you allow that energy to transform it. And the more your thoughts support that feeling. Does that make sense? It, it does. I mean, it, this explanation is so good. Thank and you. I, I, I can understand why it works so well with parents who have to transfer mm-hmm. that to children. Uh, and so the, the, the next question would be, is that really um, the reason why perhaps many people are not really fulfilled and they are not happy in their lives and they are getting everything that they really don't want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I I also am an energy healer, so I, I work with energy. And the principal philosophy of energy work is that where attention goes, energy flows. So we all have our attention on what we don't want most of the time. It's where our brains are trained. We, we come out into this world, well, we come out like pure, innocent, wonderful beings who kind of are going, wow, look, hands, I'm human, and this is kind of cool. And we're fascinated by what human means. But over time, we understand that there's struggle, there's stress, there's pain. We're told no all the time. Different things get in our way. And so that's where the attention goes, is everything's getting in my way. Everything's hard. Everything's a struggle. This is, um, this is painful. Then we experience things which, again, create trauma, create pain. And the more attention builds on that, there's a momentum in that. You know, um, Another good way of looking at it, and it comes from Abraham Hicks, who talk a lot about law of attraction, is to imagine it like a, a spinning disc in the air. You are, you live in this kind of, on this disc, if you imagine an old record player, and, and it spins and it spins and it spins, and, and it's based on where you put your focus, the stories you're telling yourself, the things you're aware of, the programs you watch, the people in your life. And the more that spins and spins, the more you pick up more of the same thing. 
you know, it's kind of like if you, if you imagine the day that you wake up and you stub your toe on the bed and you go, ah, that really hurts. And it all goes bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find that you spill breakfast down your shirt. And so then that means you're late. And then it means you're stuck in traffic. And then that means that you missed the parking spot. And then that means, and you watch and everyone goes, oh yeah, some of those days, you know, you just get days like that. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You get an attraction point like that. You get the momentum. That momentum builds up. And one thing builds upon another thing, builds upon another thing. Well, what it takes is knowing that you can build a different disc. You can create a disc which starts with a different momentum. You got to speed it up. Like you got to, you know, it's, it got to build. It takes a little time to actually build up that disc because you have a lot of momentum on the other disc. It's going to try to suck you in. So, you know, you start off, you start off with the simple step of appreciation, gratitude, noticing what's working, noticing um, people who smile at you, smiling at other people, noticing the birds in the trees or noticing the grass at your feet or, you know, you take, you start observing what you're observing and you turn it to being lighter and how you want to feel. And the more momentum you build upon that, you're going to find that you start noticing more and more things that make you feel better and things that feel lighter. And then you begin. And that's really, and that's, that's the basic structure. What disc are you running on? That is so interesting because if we ask people what you want in life, it's very hard to say, I want this. And typically the answer is, I don't want that. Yep. Absolutely. So what, you, what you're saying is by saying, I don't want that, we get more of that. Absolutely. Instead Absolutely. Of There's another, another saying that's often used with law of attraction is what you resist persists. So you push against it, your attention is still going to it. It doesn't matter whether you want it or you don't want it. It's still your attention is getting it. So when, and what's fascinating too, a little thing to remember is when, you're, when your brain, and I mean, we're just talking neural pathways, which is involved in this as well. When your brain is focused in on what you don't want, and also in that your kind of your default settings of what you've established and what you've practiced for a long period of time. What you want is going to be based on that. It's going to, you're going to be still in that. All your thoughts are still going to be spaced in that space too. So you, you have to kind of lean into how you want to feel first. So rather than asking the big questions of, well, what do you want? Because every single person in the world is going to be like, well, I want a million pound and I want the nice house and I want the relationship and a nice, maybe fluffy dog. I don't like, you know, whatever those things are. Anything you think you want, you want because you think it will make you feel happy. You think it will make you feel a certain way. So focus on the feeling first. You know, focus on how it feels to have those things. And then you're going to watch that sign get bigger and you're going to start attracting things that make you feel that way. And sometimes people go, yeah, but you know, I attracted in that feeling, but I got things that I didn't ask for. I got in something totally different than I thought I wanted. And you go, yeah, and you're still feeling the way you wanted to feel. So why does it matter? 
if it came in differently, it comes in a different package, but it's still the same feeling. That's a, another very good point, because sometimes we get uh, too attached, perhaps, to that thought of what we want, that okay. we completely disregard that feeling that perhaps is, uh, as you said, is, is what we are really after. Well, and even in that, I mean, what is what does wanting something mean? It means you're wanting for it. It means you don't have it. So if you aren't careful wanting something and being like, I really want this, I really want this, I really want this, is actually practicing the story that you will always want it. The universe is not kind in its way of processing this information. It doesn't give any, you know, it doesn't give you any like sidetracks or like shortcuts. It's like, if you're holding up that sign that says, I want happiness, it's like, well, you're either going to be happiness and let that happiness settle in, or you're going to be wanting of it. So there's, is um, Wayne Dyer used to always say the quote that you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. And I think it's such an important shift to make. And this is where the secret, I think, gave a lot of misconceptions because, you know, it's like, okay, just sit there and imagine being in the car. And it's like, okay, you can be in the car, but get to the point that you actually are in the car and you love being in the car. And you can actually be happy in the car that you're in, imagining it as this beautiful car and see how it feels and then see what comes from that feeling. Because you're going to find that the satisfaction can even be so much more than what the car would give you. So there's a, there's a few, yeah. That is so beautiful. And it's really focusing on, uh, on the need rather than, uh, as you said, what you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is one thing, however, is we live in a, in a world right now where there is a lot of noise. Yeah. We have inputs from all over the places, mm -hmm. telephone, social media. Mm -hmm. We are affected by SOS, this uh, shiny object syndrome. Everything seems that we lack and we want it in our life. And then we have this fear of missing out that social media really started mm -hmm. with. And, you know, we, we want to be in every single uh, scene. And uh, so, you know, not to miss anything. How do we quiet everything, all this noise, and we concentrate so we can, first and foremost, listen to that, that feeling and really understand what we really want to feel? Oh, I love that question. I love that question. Because <laughs> you, you've landed on something that's so, that's so important to kind of lean into in this work, where, where our attention is being pulled in all directions. And what's interesting is, is, you know, you think, oh, well, if it's being, you know, if your attention is going towards it, then won't we manifest it? It's like, actually, no, because it's being pulled in so many directions. You're not actually having any momentum. It's literally just like pouring water in a sieve. You know, it's, it's going everywhere. Um, and so then you could work backwards and you can say the question why is important. Well, why do you want something? You know, when you're feeling pulled, it's like, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to miss out. Well, Why? What are you afraid of missing? What, where, when do you start? And as soon as you start asking yourself these questions, um, the, the systems that are in place that are trying to distract you start to kind of panic a little bit. 
because it means that they can't pull at you so much when you're asking your heart actually the questions. So I would suggest you start asking yourself why, if you start feeling like you've got to constantly, oh, go, 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 go. Why? Why? Why can't you find that quiet? But then the challenge is, is you've got to find that quiet. You have to take some time. And again, this is why I loved working. This is why I spent so long working with parents is because nobody has a lot of time for that quiet. And I'm still the big believer that it doesn't need to take a lot of time. I'm not a long 20 minute meditator. I'm not a, you know, go on a long three day quiet retreat. This is, this is current reality where nobody even thinks that. Well, a lot of people do think that way and I commend them on it, but still the opportunities don't actually portray themselves that often. So put your hands on your heart center and take a few deep breaths there. And as soon as you do that and you acknowledge your own heart rather than the head that loves to try to say it's taking over and you remind yourself that your power is within your heart, then just spend some time connecting there and ask your heart. You can actually, there's a beautiful meditation called the soul meditation, which um, is, is focused on three deep breaths, three breaths into your heart. So you take the first breath to just acknowledge your heart and the second breath to ask itself, a, ask yourself a question. And as you feel the answer kind of flow from your heart, then on the third breath, you just give thanks to your heart for that security and safety and really sanctuary that it provides. And when you do that, you can simply breathe into your heart and just ask, why? What am I afraid of missing? Why do I want this? Why am I being pulled in this? Or you could even just ask, am I missing out? And you see what comes from that. You know, it all starts with that sense of you. If we attract what we are, then the work needs to go on, who do you want to be? And from there, allow the rest to flow out. And you'll attract things that support that person and support you being that person. Yeah. And also, I think there's a, it's really important to have a lot of self-compassion in this because it is a loud world. It, this is, there's not to sound kind of intense, but there's a bit of a thought war going on. There's a lot of things trying to vie for your attention and it still is your choice whether you give it your attention. It's important. And at the same time, it will sometimes get your attention. It will. We can all scroll Facebook. I'm not going to lie. My new thing this year has been when I start scrolling Facebook as I start asking myself, okay, Christina, what are you avoiding? <laughs> what, what uncomfortable next step that could lead you to where you want to be is feeling too big for you right now. So you want to hide away in comfort zone land, which is Facebook, you know, cause that's, that's a whole other conversation, but it is where we go in your your spiritual self, who you really are, wants to try out all kinds of new things and wants to grow and expand and manifest all this wonder. Your brain is actually got these lovely neural pathways, which walk itself over and over and over and over again. And the minute you start to change them, it panics and it goes, well, that feels very uncomfortable. You don't want to do that. That's very unsafe. So you are, it, it has to be full of self-compassion to give yourself that space. I can say, listen to your heart. You have to give yourself the space to practice that and make that a habit. Your brain might rebel against that. If you've never done that before, you might need to stick post-its all over your house 
because your brain will make sure you forget. It's not the friendliest thing sometimes because it's trying to keep you safe. Absolutely. So what are other sort of qualities that we have to have? I mean, self-compassion is one. What, what else do we need to sort of uh, cultivate in our lives so we can sort of sit down, relax and just tune in? I always find that these things start with a decision. Everything starts, anyone who listens to my podcast, I swear every single time I, I, something comes up about a decision. Because I find the moment of decision, the, it's, 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 it's like the match that strikes into flame. You know, all of a sudden you have to make the decision. Now, you can be kind to your brain and be like, I'm deciding that I'm going to go quiet every day for five minutes, put my hands on my heart. I'm going to make that decision. We're just going to try it for a month and see if there's a difference. We're going to try it for a week. Every day this week, your brain loves limits, right? Like it loves those little, like little compartments of time. It goes, okay, yeah, you try that for a week. That's fine. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. Not knowing that by the end of the week, you're going to start to feel better. By the end of the month, you're going to even feel more better. You know, it's just going to grow and grow. But you have to talk gently to your brain like a small child. And so it's okay. It's totally safe. Be quiet. That's fine. So you introduce it slowly. Making the decision, though, that you want to be, that you want to claim your heart, that you actually want to explore who you really are. You know, what, not what having stuff will give you, not what it will look like you are, but who you really are that inner light within you that you came to be, you know, um, I, it, it's always a fascinating thing to explore people's energy. Um, and the fact that, you know, you know, that feeling like when someone walks into the room and you don't see who it is, but you know who it is because they feel like them. It's important to remember that that's you too. You feel like you, you are yourself. You are a unique energy, a unique feeling space. You, you have your own unique stamp on this world. And so therefore, when you decide to go, you make the decision, I'm going to explore who I am then. All right. What does that look like? Can't feel like true happiness can't be yours until you actually know your deepest self. Like it just makes everything. It's, it's like going into technicolor. Or is that HD now? I always get confused. Okay, HD. But high definition. There we go. It does enhance it. When you're you and you're living these experiences, it's so much better. So just make, first make the decision. Then practice putting your hands on your heart. Practice just taking some time to just actually hands on your heart and tell yourself that you love yourself, that you see yourself, that you want to get to know yourself. Those little steps change everything. I will always say, like, whenever I'm talking publicly, whenever I'm talking to anyone, whenever I have the opportunity to be able to share these tools to people, because I, I always love to make sure that, that people can feel as whole in themselves as they can. Another tool that you can use uh, is to focus on your feet. Where attention goes, energy flows. So that means that attention, where if, you, if, you, if energy is flowing from above you and it's flowing through you, and you want to feel grounded to the floor. So often our attention is just up in our heads, which means energy is swirling around and we can't actually feel present. It's just swirling energy. If you focus on your feet, 
If you imagine yourself really rooted into the ground, the energy can flow all the way down through your entire chakra system, through your whole body, and down out through the floor. And you can feel present. Takes You do it anywhere. I do it in the grocery store all the time because goodness knows, you know, getting to Asda, you need to ground. So it really is a question of feeling present in yourself. And doing that, you're going to start getting little indicators. Then start looking out for small miracles. Notice when you get the parking spot just in front of the door. Focus on appreciation of the good things in your life. What's working? And you'll find that things start to change. One little thing is to know that the universe knows actually what you want. You've been asking and asking. Every time you didn't, you, every time you got what you didn't want, somewhere out there, the universe got the message of what you do want. So you don't have to keep asking. Rather, look at raising yourself up to being open to receiving. Notice what you, what you, by appreciation, by practicing gratitude of what you already have, you're actually telling the universe, I totally appreciate all of these things. Keep it coming. It's all good, you know, and just know that it's that flow. I, I love that. And there is, a, in fact, going back to making that decision, I found a, a quote from uh, George Leonard, something that he wrote in his book, Mastery, the Keys to Success and Long-Term Fulfillment. And it's intentionality fuels the master's journey. Every master is a master of vision. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you have to, I think this is where the secret was really trying to engage in this conversation, where you have to acknowledge your thoughts. You have to acknowledge your brain's role in all of this. And your brain needs to anchor into intention. It needs to be part of the bigger picture. It is like that little toddler who was like, I want to be involved. I want to be involved. I want to be involved. It's like, okay, give it a task. You make the decision. We're going to focus on this. And then know that it's engaged in that. And then you're working together as a team. But the true master is your heart. And then that is where those two can work together. It's, it's, it's a beautiful dance. Mm. But also then appreciate it. So how do you ask? Because what you mentioned here is, I think, something important where most of us get stuck. We keep mm -hmm. asking and asking and asking, while what you say is write down your uh, sign, mm -hmm. put it towards the universe, say, this is what I want, and then you just say, thank you. you, well, you sort of and also, I would probably say, if you say, okay, let's, let's take a goal. All right. So you have a, you have something that you really want and you know, you want it. And I mean, we all have things like once you start leaning into manifestation, you start going, okay, what can we manifest? You know, like, um, we were in, as an example, it was a little story. You know, my, my family and I, we were in Canada. We had this, this farmhouse that was really like, you know, rural Canada. It got really cold and it was a lot of work to maintain. We got really fed up a bit. We also had teenage daughters who were raring to go. So we went, okay, so what do we want? And we realized that we wanted to go abroad. We wanted to world school for a bit and have an adventure. All right. We decided we'd like to do that in Spain. Okay. We didn't know how we were going to do it, how we were going to get there and what that looked like. So 
in order, we could have just said, okay, well, we're holding that sign up. Here we go. All right. There's the sign done. I'm not, I'm just going to focus back on life, but the sign wasn't going to get very big. You have to build the momentum behind the sign. And that goes with the question of how does it feel? How does it feel? If you imagine that vision, how do you feel? And we are like, oh, it feels, it feels free. It feels safe. It feels vibrant. We then proceeded to watch uh, the Durls, which was on what, BBC or whatever. And so we watched the, the show, The Durls, which doesn't take place in Spain. It takes place on Corfu. But still, they were in the sun. They were in the beach. We were cold. It was starting to get cold. It was autumn. And so, you know, we were watching these images of beautiful blue water. And we are watching like the Mediterranean meals. And we were watching all these different experiences. And we would feel it from there. Therefore, our imaginations could start to understand what this actually looked like. And we started to, I think we even watched some travel shows. We were kind of exploring and it was playful. It was light. It was trusting. It was done with this. We're holding up this sign. We're building up this sign. It's building up momentum. The feeling of this is feeling really good right now. We loved the girls. It made us laugh. We loved watching the travel shows. It made us feel excited. We loved having these different little things and having these conversations because it felt fun. It didn't ever go, oh my God, we've got to get out of here. We can't do this. What are we going to do? Didn't get to that point. So therefore then, slowly, actually not even that slowly, once we really dove in, it probably took us a month. And we actually manifested a chunk of money. We found the flights. I happened to be on Facebook. We found a community that were world schoolers in a Spain, um, in a Spanish village that they were from all over the world. The, got in touch with the woman. She's like, actually, I know this great place. She found this beautiful place. And by Christmas, we were in Spain overlooking the Mediterranean. But the disappointing part of all manifestations is that when you get there, You've been living in the feeling space of it for so long that you don't really get that surprised. It's not the lightning bolt, boom. You just kind of go, there's the med. Of course there's the med. <laughs> you just kind of go, <laughs> you're like, yeah, now what do you want for dinner? Like that's, it, it just feels so natural because you've been living in it because the sign has been built up in such a, in such a playful, light way. You just rise yourself to it. So you don't just hold up the sign and then drop it and then just focus on appreciation of what you have. Rather, ask yourself how it feels for that result. Ask yourself how you want to feel and then lean into it from there. There's a, a great book, um, The Desire Map by Daniel Laporte. And her whole focus on manifestation is you ask yourself how you want to feel. I actually do a New Year's um, workshop every year. And this is what we do. It's like, how do you want to feel? What is the feeling that you want to feel? And then from there, what small steps can you take to feel the way you want to feel? The more you invite that feeling in, the bigger the sign is going to get. That is so nice because often what we do is to create all these uh, vision boards and uh, mm -hmm. And uh, start stacking pictures and uh, tropical uh, islands and, yep. you know, beautiful uh, holidays and, and these sorts of things. But we perhaps don't engage yep. with those pictures. We yep. don't feel it. We just see it. 
which Absolutely. is something different because we see with our brain, yep. but we don't Absolutely. see with our, with our heart. Exactly. And it's interesting too, isn't it? Because it's important to look at yourself as your, as who you are. How do you learn? You know, are you a visual person? If you look at it, if you're flipping through a magazine and when you look at an image of that beach, you go, because <gasps> you know, you just resonate with it. Then vision boards are for you. hundred percent. Every single time you look at that vision board, you're going to be creating that, that feeling space within you. Watching, watching shows. I, 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 I was in theater for years. I relate to stories. That's like my thing. So reading books, watching movies, that's a great way of me creating that feeling space within myself. Um, so writing as well. I also love to write. So journaling and things is something that I really work on. So figure out what way do you actually, what, what way works for you for information to be received by your brain and then immediately felt within your heart? How, how do you best receive those emotional impulses? And use that. You don't have to do a vision board to manifest. You don't have to do journaling to manifest. You do not have to do affirmations to manifest. These are tools that people use. And that's to spark that emotional response. But there's no have to's. If you can connect to your angel guides or your spirit guides or your higher self and go, yeah, you know what? Let's get on this one. Great. Then do that. Fantastic. So whatever works for you, don't be stuck on a specific tool simply because that guru or the other guru is saying this. 100%. Is you are your own guru at all times. Listen to what works for you. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Christian, you are a mom of three, I believe. I am. Yes. And you said at the very beginning that you started working with parents. Mm-hmm explain this law of attraction and everything with this big signs towards the, the universe so that they can they could relate to their children mm-hmm. how early would you start talking to children and uh, uh, sort of helping them understanding everything behind the law of attraction the thing to remember about children is that they come in here as spiritual beings they know how it works. It's just that they want things fast because they're not used to the physical laws of how things are. So um, law of attraction in parenting works in double, double tantrum because the thing is, is to remember that, first of all, as a parent, what you put your attention on, energy flows to that direction. So even from the moment you start telling the story, well, I can't sleep. I'm not getting any sleep. I'm not getting any sleep. I'm so stressed. I'm banging into walls. Be aware of the sign you're holding up because it never fails. Your child will wake up (laughs) just when you need to sleep. So appreciate the times that you are asleep and appreciate small naps. I always like to remind parents of that, that, you know, if you notice your child is behaving in negative ways that you don't like, put your attention to when they are behaving the ways that you want, that, that you see as peaceful and loving and kind, and you will find that it energy flows in that direction. So that's one aspect of, of, of law of attraction and parenting. I always like to remind people of your children do also know how this works and they are very sensitive to energy and they respond fast. You can actually start passing on these kind of concepts as of about three. It actually starts really young, but it, it, it leads. I have found that with three-year-olds, the sign doesn't really work as well as understanding it as a magnet Children, like three and up, they love 
magnets. You know the feeling of you have one side of the magnet and immediately tracks everything. So you kind of say, your feeling is a magnet and you're going to get more of that same feeling. And it's as simple as that. Feeling's a magnet, you're going to get more of that feeling. So how do you want to feel? There's no better cure for whining. Because <laughs> a child whining, you go, I can't give you what you want. Your magnet is set at whining. You're, 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 you're so upset about not having what you want. That's all you're going to get. That's what your magnet's set at. So how do you start turning it around and turning it around? So it, it, it's, it's as simple as that. And actually, um, I, I actually created a course years ago called Spiritual Kids, which is now being incorporated into my new course, which is called Co-Parenting with the Universe, which is available over at my website because I, I wanted to get all those tools in before I totally left my parenting field because there's a lot of little things that you can explain to kids for sure. Yeah. And, and what about the parents a lot of the time, we grow into adults having lots of issues and a lot of stuff come from that programming that we receive mm -hmm. early on in our life. So what about talking with parents about manifestation so they can turn things mm -hmm. around and they may stop or not start at all creating this structure yep. uh, Absolutely. with their children? Um, I don't know if it makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. Absolutely. And I think you're landing on the reason why I've, I've changed my branding from being about parents, even though I still do work with a lot of parents, because that's where the work is. You know, people want to, people were coming to me when they saw spiritually aware parenting, which is what my business was called. And they'd be like, okay, so tell me how to parent my kids so that they're spiritual. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. Your kids are spiritual. You're here to help them be human. <laughs> So the trick is, and where we would always go is, well, okay, you're, we're going to now work on you and we're going to work and see where your, well, your vibration is. What's your attraction point? Why are things coming up? Why are you feeling so triggered when a child does something? What is that impulse? Half the time, like you said, it's programming. Half the time we've been passed on certain ways of being. And so in those certain ways of being, the, the acceptance of things, the, um, you know, you were told when you were little, okay, a good example I always like to bring up is, you know, like, I remember the guilt and heaviness that I used to have when my parents would come over and my kids had been playing mud pies and they were really dirty. And I would be like, so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. And so there was all these programs. It was like this thing of going, why do I care? What is that? Why am I getting stressed with my kids for being muddy, having played with mud pies? What am I asking from them? But it was because I was feeling triggered from my, my family. So there took a lot of unpacking that stuff and being vulnerable with myself of saying, is this something I want? want? Is this something I don't want? Because those are wants as well. You don't hack. If you find a belief within yourself that you don't want anymore, you don't have to believe it anymore. You can change it. You touch something here on the emotional response that we might have to different situations. Hence, mm -hmm. the emotional response that we have is not really serving us. Yep. Those feelings of guilt and uh, feeling stressed out and so on and so forth. And there is one word that is very dear to me and is, uh, I always say, half of the podcast, which is forgive mm. and the concept of forgiveness. 
which for me is pretty much about self-forgiveness and is letting go of everything that doesn't sound, uh, serve us. So I would like to know what your thoughts about self-forgiveness uh, are, and in particular, if there is any connection with the law of attraction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it's interesting. Okay, I, first of all, I love your concept of self-forgiveness because I think so often that like that's leading straight into what we were talking about with self-compassion. It's important to to see yourself on a journey and to know that you don't need to get this right and you don't need to get it wrong. And it's all just unfolding. And everything, every day you can do a little bit better. So it's it's important to have that space for yourself. I, as, as someone who works with energy, um, I often will work clients through forgiveness, but what I term as releasing because, and like what you said about letting go. So it all kind of intervals between this, because whenever you have a negative experience in your life or a negative interaction with a person, you create an energy cord. Some, there's a, an energy that gets frozen in time in a lot of ways between you two. Like right now we're talking, there's energy flying between us. And when the call ends, sadly, that energy will release. Although I hope we can stay connected. <laughs> there's, there's the, that energy won't be stuck there. But energy hooks in to one another when there's a negative experience with another person. And that will always feel like a weight. You'll always feel like some part of you is there. You know, then there's that you know, standard feeling of replaying conversations and going, oh, I should have done it like this. And I should have done it like that. As soon as you have those thoughts, you know that there's an energy cord in place and it needs to be cleared out. <laughs> it's like just hands down that someone else is claiming your energy space and you are claiming theirs. That pertains to law of attraction because you're not being whole in yourself. Part of you and your focus and your energy is being sucked into a situation. You're always living in the past. You're always back. You know, it's like, um, it's like the example of, of high school. You know, say you're back, you go back to a, a school reunion and you're like, that's weird. I feel totally like I did when I was 17 and I'm not 17 anymore, but I feel exactly like the same person. We, we just are back. And unless you can release those cords, unless you can move on from that experience, then you're always going to have part of you back. And then you can't create moving forward. And it is a creation. It is a manifestation. Every little step counts moving in that direction. And you can't actually have an attraction point from this new space. You'll always have part of you attracting from that old self. So forgiveness, releasing work, 100%, vitally important, vitally important. I don't spend a lot of time with my clients looking back we, because I don't want to just live in that space. Instead, when I work with a client, we will work through moving forward and feeling present. And then all of a sudden something will come up and we go, ah, yes, this needs to be dealt with. And then we clear it out. Yeah. Fantastic. So moving forward, what mm -hmm. 2023 will bring to Christina? Ooh. Absolutely. Well, I mean, for using the principles of how I want to feel, I would say that I'm manifesting deeper, deeper feelings of my favorite emotional goals, which are the combination of freedom and security. Those are my favorite emotional goals. So I love feeling free and I love feeling secure. So when I have those both, then magical things always happen. Um, 
intentionally, I am holding up the sign for, uh, to actually move down to Glastonbury because my heart has been craving to be living down there. And so therefore that is something that's in the works and I'm holding that sign up for whenever that's ready to flow in. And at the same time too, I, I just, I love the joy that I get in my work. And so I want as many opportunities to just be able to explore that joy and that flow that I get to have with co-creations just like this. So definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. So if our listeners would like to know a little bit more what you do mm-hmm. and to get in touch with you, where they can find you. Absolutely. It is, my website is over at spirituallywhereliving.com. And on there, you'll find different information about working with me one-on-one. My podcast is over there. Um, I also have a freebie over there, which you can download, talking all about how to break down through guilt and release the guilt that doesn't belong to you. Because I believe that guilt comes from all kinds of places and they aren't actually yours. So you might as well clear them out. And then how to, that guide will also take you into understanding your inner callings. So the shoulds that actually come from within you and how to find those. So you'll find that over there as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. And as always, we will put all the links in the description. Fantastic. Episode, yes, absolutely. Final question, if there was one take-home message that you would love everybody to remember from this conversation, what that would be? That no matter wherever you go, there you are. You are yourself, and this is your journey, and you came to be yourself. And it, it might feel like you are swarmed by stress, and you can hear that message and go, you know what, we are in the middle of an energy crisis, and there's all this stuff. Your power is in your now, and in your heart, and who you are in this moment, You don't need to be over there in order to shine your brightest. Just be in this moment and know that the rest will take care of itself. You are allowed to dream. You're allowed to desire. You're allowed to expand and grow and it'll all take care of itself. But listen to your heart, go within and trust that you are here for a divine purpose as yourself. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, I hope that this episode has provided insights on how the law of attraction works and on how we can exploit it to manifest our deepest desires. And I want to leave you with a quote from Jack Canfield, who said, everything you want is out there waiting for you to ask. Everything you want also wants you, but you have to take action to get it. Christina, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing so much. And I truly enjoyed this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it too. I look forward to listening back. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we would love to know what you think about this topic. And if you have questions that perhaps we didn't address today, let us know. Get in touch. Also, don't forget to check Christina's website, her podcast, and to follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive 
at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.